Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, our confession has often been criticized of saying too little about the work of the third person in the Trinity. Only one Lord's Day seems to speak about God, the Holy Spirit, and that's Lord's Day 20. Uh, It might be true that only one Lord's Day specifically speaks about God, the Holy Spirit, but congregation, this doesn't mean that His work is not mentioned elsewhere in our confession. He's mentioned in Lord's Day 21, 25, and several other Lord's Days. And His work is implied all the way from Lord's Day 24 onwards. God, the Holy Spirit, continues to make us share in the benefit from the work of Christ in justification and sanctification, in making us holy and just before God. And He not only makes us share in these gifts and blessings, He also gives faith and strengthens that faith and makes it bring forth fruits. He makes us increase in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he labors directly for us in that he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Romans 8.26 And he guides us to glorification by the means of grace, which are the preaching and the use of the sacraments. And then this he sanctifies us and renews us and he gives us faith and he sustains that very faith. Only in this way, you and I, we can remain the Lord's, His own, for He has bought us with His blood. And so I preach to you the Word of God as we confess it in Lord's Day 25. God, the Holy Spirit, works faith in us through the means of grace. Therefore, listen to God's promises in the preaching and belief. And secondly, see God's promises in the sacraments and belief. Congregation, I'd like to start with a question. How did you prepare for this service? Did you discuss beforehand whether you would attend the church this afternoon or not? And did you make a conscious decision? I ask this because this afternoon we reflect on the work of God's Spirit in working faith... It's all about what's happening here in the church service. I think most of us will think that, well, we pretty much take the second service for granted, let alone the morning service, and that we will go to church. And it's good that this is a familiar custom. That's the way we were raised. We are going to church on Sunday twice. At least this is how most of us have been brought up. But as you know, it is becoming more and more unique for people in our country to, to go to church, let alone going to church twice. It's not that obvious anymore. And many church buildings are empty today, especially in the countryside. 
Many other churches are still investing in, in services, and yet they are concerned whether people will still rock up at church at the time set for the worship service. And they try all kinds of structures and methods to pump up the, the church services. Many, therefore, question the old way services and the way they are conducted. Thus, for example, preaching still makes sense. Should we not present or convey the gospel in, in another way? Old-fashioned church services like ours are becoming more and more the exception, more exception than the rule. Most of us are, are not questioning the way we do it, except for making some minor amendments to the order of worship. And yet this is unique. At the same time, each elder, each office bearer, and also parents do ask himself, what can I do to motivate my, my members or my children to, to go to church, to remain involved? What can be done to, to reverse, for example, the lower church attendance, for example, in the second service? Now, the church congregation, the church gives us an answer, a solution. Lord say 25 is such an answer. But that answer, that answer is, is almost five centuries old. For the catechism dates from 1563. Or rather, the answer is much older. For example, about 2,000 years, for, for, for about 2,000 years, except for the Jews, not so many people in this world would come up with the idea to conduct a worship service of this nature, where the sermon or the preaching is in the center of the worship. And that's logic. Because it's because God, the Holy Spirit Himself, has invented the worship service. He knew and He knows that the Word of God is alive and powerful and that it needs to be preached, that it needs to be brought into the midst of the congregation, God's people, in such a way, and that is through all times and places, He brings people to faith and keep them there. So the secret to our worship services is a secret of God, the Holy Spirit, who is Lord and makes alive. Now, that's exactly what the churches of the Reformation rediscovered. For us, it's kind of normal. But in the days when the Catechism was written, it was very unusual. You also find traces of how unusual this was in our confession. The church has undergone a huge change in that Reformation period. The worship in the Roman Catholic Church looked very different. Lord 35 says, God the Spirit does not want us to be taught by means of dumb images, 
but by the living proclamation of his word. And that reflects what was the custom and the case in the Roman Catholic Church. Because everything in the Roman Catholic Church was about seeing. It had to be visible. And therefore the pulpit had been pushed aside, put in a corner. And the alt- an altar had replaced, had, had been put in the middle, been placed in the center of the congregation. And around that altar, it was a magical area. It was, was magic. For salvation was locked up in, in the sacrifice, in, in the mass. And what happens then in the Reformation? The church removes this idolatry and makes the preaching of God's word the focus of the worship service again. Why? Because that's the way God the Spirit works through faith. Luther, Calvin, and others rediscovered this. By listening to him, addressing us with the ultimate and only truth, we receive faith. And we can believe. From the beginning, God has given, had given himself by speaking words of salvation and grace to man. And he gave guidance through what he promised. And therefore, faith that comes from the preaching, from the work of the Holy Spirit through preaching, is established and shaped by speaking and listening. Listen to what the Lord said to Israel in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And that's the way the Spirit already worked throughout the Old Testament. Listen and believe. That's the secret already for Israel. The Word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Romans 10, 8. And in this way, God is very close. God speaks to us as He speaks, spoke to His Old Testament people. He deals with us by giving us His promises, His promises of love and care. Isn't this what also happens between, for example, a husband and a wife? Why do you have faith in, that, in your spouse? In the sense that you're trusting him or her. Well, it's because you declare your love for each other. And the word of trust you speak to each other also determines the way you interact with one another. And that's exactly what's happening in a church service where, where God's word and the preaching is the focus. We hear God's words of love. That's exactly the Spirit's intention. From that very source of what God says, we hear words of love, trust. And our faith is born and kept alive. And therefore it's important to remain at that source. Because our faith, that's our heart, the heart of our covenantal communion with God, is from the source and cannot do without it. And therefore the source should at all costs not be polluted or covered. And therefore Paul says in Romans ten seventeen, thus by listening, and then listening to the gospel, you come to faith. 
if you have not heard anything, you cannot believe it. But there is nothing to hear, and there is nothing to hear when there is no preaching. That's why we see that throughout Scripture, God the Spirit takes great care that God's word of love, God's word for His people is passed on generation after generation through the preaching. Because without preaching, there's no faith and there's no relationship. And therefore, the preaching of the word cannot and may not be silenced, let alone ignored. And so while preaching God, the Holy Spirit is is working tirelessly to ensure that we hear God's word of love. No, we can't see the Holy Spirit, but we do hear him speaking through a servant of the word. And he doesn't speak about himself, although God's word also says, tells us enough about the Holy Spirit and his work. But Jesus says in John 16 verse 14 that about the Spirit speaking, He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And that's why we still go to church twice on a Sunday to listen to the sermon there. In a visually orientated culture, this will always remain unique. But it happens. Because there we stay close to the source of our faith, close to the one who loves us like no one else. This is here where we listen to those words of love, listen to him, listen how he explains his love for us. And that's why, by the grace of the Lord, the worship services will never stop. Yes, the church could be persecuted, could, could be destroyed in certain places, but will come up again, and people will meet again, and the word will be proclaimed again. Because God loves us. He loves His bride. And that's why there can never be the moment where you and I, when we say, oh, I don't have to go to church. Or I don't want to go to church because, hey, I know it all. Even if you would know God's word inside out and is a theologian in your own right, love with the Lord will always require regular interaction. And in that you can't go solo. You do it together. We do it together as his bride. That's how it works in a normal relationship. And that is why God the Spirit wants to, us to hear it over and over again. He wants to repeatedly keep our trust in God alive by His word of love to us. And that's why the gospel is the power to salvation. You've got to listen to it. You've got to focus on it. You've got to believe it. Confess it. Discover how God puts His heart in it. If this is not your approach to the Sunday worship service, you should keep quiet about it. And I know it's sometimes difficult to address the worship service with others in the church. There are so many opinions. 
And people get emotional. They, they get worked up about how things should take place. And when you look at the church history, especially since the Reformation, many changes have occurred on how the church services are conducted in the true church. But one thing has remained the same. God speaks words of love. And His Spirit wants us to listen to that. And if we accept, accept that, the source of life and faith will continue to flow. And perhaps some churches try to shape up the worship service to make it more consumer-friendly. Who are we to judge except by the Word of God? But once the preaching of the, the Word is pushed to the side, the Spirit is not there anymore. Then He withdraws Himself if there are no ears to hear what He says to the church. And that's the secret of our church services. The secret of the Spirit of God. Listen, O Israel, and believe. Congregation, our theme is God, the Holy Spirit, works faith in us through the means of grace. And therefore, in the second place, see God's promises in the sacraments and believe. Congregation, you, you come to faith by, by listening. Yet, there's not only preaching in the church. There's also singing, praising, prayer. But most of all, there are sacraments. Baptism, the Lord's Supper. These two are supplements to the sermon. Two kinds of illustrations. And so preaching and sacraments, they belong together. Our, our faith is strengthened by both. That was the problem in the, in the Roman Catholic Church before the Reformation. And even today. Those sacraments were no longer just supplementary to illustrations to the preaching. No, they started to, to live a life or lead a life of their own. And gradually, the thought developed that in the sacraments, there is everything that we need to believe. Both in the baptismal water and in the bread of wine, you are safe. In fact, they had been seen and are sometimes still observed as, as a safe in the church. A safe where you can fill up your cup with grace. And so you, you only went to church to make sure that you get your, your part of this grace. But by God's grace, the churches of the Reformation returned to the true meaning of the sacraments and discovered that they don't speak for themselves. Only at and together with the proclaimed gospel do they speak. God the Spirit always used them in combination with the preaching to work and sustain faith. And those two sacraments, well, they are not just any signs. No, they are signs that speaks a lot. They are given to us by the Lord Himself. Now, just as a gift, 
as a token of love between husband and wife says a lot about their relationship and about their promise to each other the sacraments say a lot about God's love for us the source remains the same it's God's proclaimed word but just as in marriage there is an ongoing declaration of love and you don't declare that love just once you don't only speak that love but you communicate that love regularly. You repeat it again and again in an almost endless variation. When you communicate this to one another, then your marriage remains healthy and it remains a pleasure. And that's exactly why the Holy Spirit keeps calling us to use the sacraments. So that we remain spiritually healthy. So that our faith remains strong. It's the same as in a marriage. There are times that you spend extra time and special moments with one another. Such a moment could be your, your wedding day. A day that has a unique place in your relationship. It's not the first time you declare your love to each other. But what is new is that you tell others around you, family, friends, brothers and sisters, that you love, that you give yourself in holy wedlock to the other person. And you give each other a ring. And you celebrate afterwards. It's a once-in-your-life event. But you remain married by the grace and by the promise of God. And the same happens in the sacraments. For example, in baptism. Christ has cleansed his congregation, made it pure with the water and the word, once and for all, Ephesians 5, verse 26 and onwards. That's why you're only baptized once. Throughout and for the rest of your life, this is sufficient for you. The Spirit doesn't need to add to your baptism. The water shows enough what God says in His covenant. However, this baptism repeats itself here in the church with every newborn covenantal child. And every time God repeats His love, He shows His children that He loves them already from the day of their conception in the mother's womb. And baptism confirms that. God declares His love publicly to you and Others witness it. Lord's Supper is a little bit different. We celebrate the Lord's Supper more often. You get married once, but you also celebrate your wedding anniversaries. And everyone knows that even this gesture says so much about your mutual love for one another as a couple. And that's why it's such an important gesture, it expresses your unity. And that's how the Lord's Supper have a, a special place in the church services. It's a gesture by the Holy Spirit, Christ through the Holy Spirit, to, to show something of this fellowship between Him and His congregation. A relationship so strong that even though He is in heaven and we are on earth, we, are his, we become His flesh and bones. To use the words of Adam when he saw Eve the first time. Or woman the first time. And that's the, the importance of the Lord's Supper. It's got this special place in the congregation. 
special means of grace which the Holy Spirit uses to strengthen our faith, to continue to keep us close to Christ. And I hope that you sense, beloved, sense something of the beauty of the place of the sacraments in our church services. And as we know, marriage does, of course, not depend on such gestures. No marriage stands or falls with a banquet of flowers or a bunch of flowers. But hey, if those flowers are completely lacking, it says something about the faded unity. And so we see the same in the sacraments. God's covenant does not depend on it. He gives himself in his word. But if you never celebrate the Lord's Supper, if you're never present when the, when the, uh, when the babies are baptized, His grace will become very poor in your life. And usually the urgent declaration of His love in the Sunday sermon will then no longer reach your heart. And you will drift away, become cold, and your relationship deteriorate. That's why we need worship services. That's why we need preaching. That's why we need to continue to use the sacrament. Because God comes to us with His love. And He speaks of it and repeats that a thousand times. Because we know that that gesture is so important. That's why the elderly among us wants to, they can barely walk, come to the table and celebrate with us. Because they sense the gesture of the Lord to us. Baptism, Lord's Supper, visual evidence of His love for us. Beloved, hopefully now you sense why we are going to meet again next week Sunday. Will we come together again when He speaks? Then just say, Amen. Amen.